Ready on the roar. So points differential is what Cabelli's looking to improve on here. And they're a chance as well. Listen to the locals in San Juan. Yes, listen to the locals indeed. Revenge for Argentina after their record 48-17 win over Australia to complete the second weekend of the Rugby Championship at the Estadio Bicentenario in San Juan. Brett McKay with you for the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. And I'm joined by Raw Rugby expert Jim Tucker and my regular Raw Rugby podcast co-host Harry Jones for the instant reaction to Los Pumas round two win. Boys... I feel like I just need to borrow from a friend of the podcast, Marcelo Bosch, last weekend and just go, oh, this, this has been a happy morning for us all, hasn't it? Yeah, no, that was a outright calamity and uh, like very instructive on where Australia's heading in this mm-hmm. championship too. Uh, if they thought the, the air raids of San Juan was something, uh, just imagine what South Africa are going to put in the sky uh, coming up. Exactly right. On the topic of South Africa, and we will get into them a little bit later toward the end. Harry, it's um, it's been a it's been a rough morning for you, for for box fans as well. Losers um, have two ways to go. We can wonder who did this to us, or we can say, what do we do to ourselves? For me, both as a Wallaby observer and, you know, becoming more and more close to, to that culture and then the box, I think Self-inflicted errors, yeah. a lot of yeah. self-inflicted errors. Yeah, that's the and, and I think that that kicks us off in the headlines because I simply just wrote down slow, wasteful, mistakeful Wallabies gift Argentina record win, and that's that's the summary of the game, Jim, isn't it? That's that's how you that's how you wrap it up. Uh yeah. I mean, like my headline is straight out: find me a fullback. I mean, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Like a fullback has to command the air, and like where where was someone commanding the air? Um, it shows you the folly of going with non-specialists. Um, I really like elements of uh, Tom Wright's games. Uh, I really love uh, Jordi Patea's um, dominance in the air when when he's up there. But neither are specialist fullbacks. No. And th- this was a game where you just needed a guy to. Uh, take it on and get to those balls on the full. And then, as Harry said, suddenly those self-inflicted errors are just uh, good, strong takes in the air and you get to settle and you take the emotion out of a game where clearly that passionate uh, Argentinian crowd played a huge role because Mm. uh, the Argentinians were and the Wallabies were giving them so much momentum to to run off. And, uh, yeah, so self-inflicted in in many ways. Uh, The solution... Uh, specialist fullback. Okay. Um, David Campisi has said from the start of this season that Jock Campbell should be Wallaby's fullback. Mm. Um, I've always been a bit muted on, on that for various reasons, but I think you'd, you'd maybe have to say, okay, Jock Campbell, fullback against South Africa in a couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe. Well, we certainly know that there's going to be a number of players coming back from injury, Andrew Kellaway potentially among them. So you'd have to think that he will rocket back into calculations as well. Harry, how did you how did you try and headline this um, this this performance from the from the Pumas? Depending on the periodical or a publication we write for, we 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 try to be clever. So I played with Australia served up on the Asada or Wallabies on the Barbie. <laughs> but in the end, I came across this. How not to play on the road. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think from the, from the start, there were this, why on earth are you running back full tilt into your fullback, flipping a ball in the very first minutes? Everything has to go just right. The sun's in your eyes. The fans are wanting you to drop it. Uh, just, you know, starting badly on the road yeah. is horrible. Yeah. And and that set the tone for it. It was, you know, that that try, as you mentioned, was in the first minute. Uh, Tomas Gallo scored the first of his two tries in the sixth minute, and the Wallabies were down 14-0 before that even touched the ball, basically. It was crazy inside seven minutes. So I suspect, guys, that it's uh, that the Stocks Rising segment of the Instant Reaction podcast probably won't take long today. Harry, do you want to keep us going there? Did you have anyone? Uh, some some pumas. Yeah. <laughs> the, first of all, the anthem uh, chorale or orchestra that was very interesting. It was yeah. uh, mismatched guitars and, and violins. There should be uh, more string that. quartets at rugby. <laughs> and optional <laughs> singing, like some people sang, some people didn't. I wasn't sure what was going on. Uh, so fifty twenty two by Carrera, Gallo and Scrum, Boffelli, even with his excruciating pre kick routine. There were plenty, there's plenty to like. Uh, Gonzalez, the flanker that keeps scoring. Uh, I'll tell you, stocks rising for Wallabies. I would put someone's name down and then I would put an X through them. But uh, yeah. the, the only one that I never really X'd out completely was Marika Corobete. Yeah. He seemed like a one man band sometimes. Sometimes he was the only one who seemed to know the rules. Um, you know, even the effort guys, I felt like sometimes they just made horrible errors. But Corobete, I think. Is yeah. my stock rising. Jim, I suspect that you're about to say the only other name that I've got written down. Yeah, I, I was worried there that Harry was going to take the only name out of the sky. Um, I, I would say Len Ikatau, uh, oh, mainly because no, he has that. That's not the name I had. <laughs> uh, mainly because he has that uh, composed nature for, for Test yeah. Footy, and he stayed in the fight right to the end. Uh, showed some really nice footwork to punch through the line, and, and he's that player who might only do one or two things in a, in a test match uh, with footwork, but are enough to set up a try. And uh, that moment there was worth setting up a try and that could have got Australia back some momentum. Mm. I mean, when you break it down, Australia did have chances and straight after halftime, there was a, a chance they could have put the, the shivers into the Argentinians, but they couldn't finish off the opportunities they did create. Yeah. So Ikatao's uh, my riser. Yeah, and and his little little stint with Ira Simone when he got on, there's a good little combination there, and that's going to give them uh, give the Wallabies coaches something to think about going forward. Um, I had Rob Valentini written down, and he was. I actually thought he was going to be the only one I'd write down. I did write down Marika Corombetti in the end. Um, uh, Harry's holding up his list to me and, and Rob Valentini's at the top of it as well. Look, I, I think happily that's another really strong performance uh, backing up from what he did last week. And uh, we didn't really see that through the England series. So that was good signs that he was there. He's, he's carrying strong again. He's busting tackles. He's getting offloads away. Um, you know, did a few things that, he'd like to have again and that sort of leads us straight into uh stocks falling because i i actually think fraser mcbride had a, had a pretty strong game but he also found himself on the receiving end of um of a couple of penalties against and i think i think he just got a bit of a lesson today jim that what works for him in super rugby um 
isn't always going to work at uh, at test level. The referees are going to be a hell, a hell of a lot stricter on on their ruck interpretations. Yeah, um, I mean, even at Super Rugby level, uh, he is uh, prone for a penalty. Yeah, and it is getting that that balance. Um, even when he uh, was trying to continue that uh, raid for the the try, the quick pick and go got uh, didn't quite get to the line. Uh, maybe there was another option uh, in mm. that situation there. But he's a he's a real buzz sort of of energy, and someone who does compete for the ball, and that that's uh, what's coming up mm. against the South Africans and the All Blacks. Who did you have to mark down today? Uh, the markdown, it's really the fullback position overall. It's yeah. um, being filled today by Tom Wright. And it's not a knock on Tom Wright. Like he, he's a winger playing fullback, uh, did some good things, uh, ran the ball from be, behind his own try line. Corabetti kicked uh, the best clearing kick of his career, made another 50 <laughs> yeah. metres. So that, that was a good uh, play in, the, in those situations. But it's bulk basics for hookers. It's nailing line out throws and getting a strong scrum for fullbacks. It's taking every high ball that's put in the sky. You just have to be in position and be reading at five mm. meters ahead of time. And that never happened. So uh, sadly, uh, Tom Wright is mm. a markdown for me. Yeah. His, his positioning was his, his attack was generally good, but I think got a bit of a lesson in, um, in, in fullback defensive play uh, today, which is not uncommon for, Wing is converted into number 15s. Uh, Harry, how long is your stocks falling list this morning? I, so I kind of go back to my theory of how not to win on the road. And so then I, I, I reflect on, obviously, Tom Wright had a, had a bad game. And I agree, it's, he's thrown into it. But Taniela Tupo yeah. was positioned yeah. as the experienced uh, a lot of people talk him up into the world picture, world squad picture. He had uh, Gallo against him, a uh, 23-year-old uh, who only has four caps. I feel like Gallo had the better of him, not mm. just in open play where he made him miss two tackles, but also That's at scrum pace. time. Yeah. I, I felt like I felt like Tupo turned on and off. When he was on, he was still good this game. But I think on the road, it's actually better to even that out. You just don't want to let anyone running soft tries because 17 with a couple of kicks, 26, it can win you on the road. Yeah, You can never win with 48 against you <laughs> in any no. scenario. So, so I think, uh, you know, letting in that soft try with Gallo was horrible in six minutes. Um, I also feel like his cleans were, were inaccurate. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Tupo. And, and that's only because I think he really has incredibly high uh, ceiling. Yeah. And, I think it was a performance like this, and 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 Jim, you might have some thoughts on this as well. It was a performance like his today, uh, Taniela Tupo, that uh, just it, it just feels the train of thought that he's a better impact player off the bench because he just I don't know when when the Wallabies needed that strong ball carrying body, he just didn't seem to be there today. Yeah, it's an interesting one, uh, and we vacillate on this so. Uh, Alan Alatoa gives you a real solid bottom line. Mm. Uh, perhaps never that super explosive burst through the line and the uh, little bit of uh, fancy handling sometimes and, and the try capability that Tupo has, but he does offer a really consistent base uh, more often. Um, I, I think Tupo, he can break a game open, so it will always be an either or situation, I, I feel, and especially at a tight head prop, you, you can't play 
seven tests in a row. So I think the Wallabies will always be uh, yeah. changing in a, that arrangement there. And I, I'm quite comfortable with that. But um, as Harry said, Tupo has to lift that level of consistency. Yeah, yeah. Tupo was the first name I had written down there, but the second one I had written down was Maris van der Westhuizen, the TMO who, oh, I don't know, between he and Carl Dixon today, I, I mean, I, I genuinely thought we were on track to, to beat the 30-odd penalties uh, in Mendoza last week. It didn't get there, surprisingly, in the end. But that decision to, to penalise James Slipper in the lead-up to what became James O'Connor's non-try for a lift on Pablo Matera in the ruck. There was no lift. There was no flipping over. It was, he cleaned out and grabbed onto Matera the only legal way he could. He had an arm underneath him and he wrestled him to the side and Matera flips himself. And that was, that was really annoying. And then even Gallo's second try came from, he had both knees on the ground. He was the tackled player and he got up and dived over the top of the ruck. And it was a try, and they didn't see anything wrong with that. I, it's games like this, and I don't like bag ref, bagging referees, and I don't do it out of out of practice because it's too easy to do sometimes. But it's games like this where people wonder what referees and TMOs are watching. I, I don't know. Talk talk me out of this, guys. Well, I, I, just I think just that the, the margin was just too great in the end. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I would if it was a two point game, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll delve into it, but I just I feel like there was a it was a massacre actually. Mm. So. Yeah, the, the whistle is too intrusive. Full stop. Like you would say, don't whistle on the slipper thing, and on Gallo's try, I wouldn't whistle that either. Like that's that's just the momentum of the game, and the guys, uh, you know, robust act of, mm. of scoring a try. Full credit to him. So there, there's two whistles taken out of the game. Game flows more simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Look, it was a it was a big moment in the game that um that that penalty on slipper. It was a fourteen point turnaround, and then uh, the the Pumas scored again before half time to, to lead twenty six ten. And again, we find the Wallabies in the situation where they're chasing a lead um, going into the break. And so that's it's got to be one of the highest priorities on the list of things that they need to work on. I mean, I mean, the where next for them? I mean, they they'll get home and they can have a break and they can have a rest and. There's probably not a lot of point, um, Harry, in doing a lot of analysis and review on this game because there were so many things that went wrong that you've sort of got to park performances like that. Before this round, we would have all said Ian Foster was the, the coach on the bottom with the most pressure weighing down. You'd, mm. you'd almost say Dave Rennie has some now. I mean, I, he always has the built-in injury excuse, and it's a real, it's not really excuse, it's a real thing, but, but also you wouldn't expect uh, Australia to ever ship 48 points to Argentina. I mean, no. I, there's, some, there's something, you know, the character is strong, the spirit is strong. I think the, the guys like him. I think the squad is tough. But there, there is something that is allowing the switch off. So I yeah. think it's a switch off. Whatever that's called, they have to stay on. And test yeah. rugby, you don't, get, you don't get to have a 10-minute holiday. No, no. And, and I mentioned record win at the top. It, was, it, it is Argentina's biggest win over Australia. It's Argentina's biggest win uh, over any six nations of rugby championship opposition. So uh, plenty plenty to work on, Jim, for, for the Wallabies over the next two weeks before South Africa and Adelaide in a few weeks. Definitely. I, I really like Harry's comment about uh, being able to play on the road. 
that so much reminded me of uh, a test in Port Elizabeth a few years ago where Kirtley Beale threw this ridiculous cutout pass on his own try line. And it was a Nelson Mandela celebration test match. So you gave the entire crowd yeah. a voice for as long as they wanted. And Australia were on the back foot, played some decent rugby, but obviously got beaten. And they were beaten in the first minute. And there was overtones of that today. And you just have to be smarter on the road to, to, to get into matches or, or not put yourself out of matches, which is probably more the point. Um, let's flip it now. We're back into Australia where we're taking on South Africa. Uh, we had two excellent wins last year against uh, South Africa in the rugby championship. Uh, they're a different beast now, the South mm. Africans, uh, with a bit more uh, footy under their belts. Um, big work on the next two weeks. Work out that high ball yeah. uh, strategy. Uh, work out a fullback. And, and they've just got to even out some of these uh, performances. I mean, it was just such an uneven performance compared to, to last yeah. week. Yeah, the highs and the lows. Absolutely, it's the uh, it's the it's the way it is for for Wallabies fans. Unfortunately, it's something that we're way too used to. The roar. Uh, we should touch on New Zealand's thirty five twenty three win over uh, over South Africa earlier this morning at Ellis Park in 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 Johannesburg. Um, Harry, you're you're still brooding away there. I can I can see it in your face. Arrogant is what it is, and it's stupid. So um, you take a world partner, Malcolm Marks, man of the match. You you have a team against you that's starting terribly in every match into 2022. All Blacks have lost because they have not started well. Mm. They, they haven't found the answer to, to do that. You have a thing that they haven't solved yet, Malcolm Marks on the floor, uh, solid line out, mm. and instead you you flip it. Okay, maybe that's okay if it's Bongi, but then Bongi's out and you say, oh, we don't need to change anything. We can beat Wales with a third team. We can uh, beat yeah. the All Blacks with Joseph Dueba. That's ridiculous. So I'm not, I can't kind of prove that we've gone differently, but it gave them a solution for a problem they had not solved yet, which was marks on the mm. floor and in the general play and guiding them all. And Dueba puts, puts us in the hole, we're down we're down, you know, 15 naught. With yeah. The, with, again, it's, it's, you know, 25 minutes in. Uh, then you're chasing the game and the only real pressure against All Blacks is scoreboard pressure. There's nothing else. You know, they, they are a tough team, but when you put them under scoreboard pressure, they are mortal. Ireland yeah. showed it. Sucker showed it. Then the next thing is Dwayne Freemulan, knee operation, has played zero minutes. Let's put him at eight. Mm. Uh, when you put Visa on, as limited as Visa is, you saw his first three or four bursts. I mean, yeah. He was carrying way over the great game line, yeah. knocking all blacks back. So what if you had Marks and you had uh, Visa from the start? That's a different picture. Maybe we're down five. Maybe we're down three. But clawing your world back, all the way back to get 23-21, took so much effort. Mm. Then, you, then you're right for a Rico Ioani uh, uh, break because you've been trying so hard to get back. It's like Australia getting all the way back against Argentina. And then one thing goes wrong and boom, you're back. Yeah. So, and the final thing I would say is Jesse Creel is not a wing nowadays. And South Africa is blessed with props and wings. So yeah. there are people who can run a 10 second, 10 second, hundred meters. And we got Jesse Creel marking, you know, some very quick guys. So those three to me were experimental, arrogant, and uh, Ian Foster, therefore outcoached. 
uh, Jacques Dinabo, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, and that was the way it was. Certainly, Jim, what was your your take on on the uh, the All Blacks win? Uh, just the, the the sheer character of being at Ellis Park at high altitude, uh, the whole of the All Black uh, setup under scrutiny, mm. and and then them just finding a way. That's how you do it on on the road. Uh, they got the start. Um, really some dominant ball carries. Shannon Frizzell uh, brought into the team, made a really big impact with the way he played. Um, i talk about fullback. The, the All Blacks have got three choices ahead of the... They've got, they've got Bowden Barrett. They could have uh, Will Jordan there. They could have Geordie Barrett. That's mm. three fullback options that are ahead of the very first option Australia could pick. So uh, the All Blacks didn't become a bad team overnight. They just had to find... Uh, something within their all-black heart, and they found it. And, and that, that's a classic test match for mine, uh, them fighting back. And, and the, the beautiful thing, Harry, of having uh, a series, not back and forth, one test in one country, one test in another. I, I love a series because it has so mm. many themes. Yeah, uh, we're, we're talking about Argentina-Australia over eight days. How much variety was there in that? And it's the great. same with the all-blacks and yep. the box. Eight days of absolutely riveting rugby because it's it's a story in that in that period of time i think the the last eight matches between these two teams have come out as a two-point margin by now so mm -hmm. we, we would we would overread the first one and underread you know what the yeah. box looked like this time i think it's still basically a a coin flip between these two teams uh the other thing i should say i was wrong and was very very wrong about sam white like i thought he was done He's not done at all. He was that was he a was performance good. for the ages. Really good. I don't know yeah. if he has the ability to play four matches in a row in a World Cup, but on any given day, he could be the best guy in the whole field, and he might have been. Uh, Artie Savea, obviously, still, and then I would say Sam Kane. Good, good on you. Good mm. on you. I mean, he took a lot of abuse. Um, I was questioning him, of course, but uh, that was that was a great mm. performance. A lot of tackles by that man. Yeah, yeah. The thing for me is that. Um, New Zealand have got a base now. They've, they've, they've given themselves a benchmark for the rest of the rugby championship. They've got Argentina in New Zealand now, two tests in a row. And so by the time we come to the Bledisloe contests uh, at, the, at the end of uh, at the early September, I should say, um, they're going to be playing – I mean, not that they played very good rugby this morning. They're going to be a whole lot better team in a, in a month's time. And, and, you know, they they could easily go on and win this rugby championship in six weeks' time, and we'll look back and we'll go, how on earth did were they ever doubted? How like where was the pressure from? And and realistically, I think you know Ian Foster will comfortably see out the rest of this year now, and he'll probably go all the way through to the, the rugby championship. I think that uh, the, the the World Cup, make your pardon. I think that performance today to win at Ellis Park that was heaving to the rafters with sixty plus thousand people. The 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 the, the they did two flyovers. I mean, that's how that's how big an occasion it was in Johannesburg this morning. So, look, it was just a a crazy, crazy morning of rugby. Disappointing on our individual um, behalves, but I think, guys, that will be another instant reaction that we've put behind us um, after Argentina's record 48-17 win over the Wallabies uh, to complete round two of the rugby championship in San Juan. Uh, thanks both for, 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 for having another chat for in the, in the morning. We'll do this again in a couple of weeks' time. Good stuff. 
Uh, and we'll have all the fallout throughout uh, today, tomorrow, and throughout the week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite rugby analysis, opinions, and conversations. Thanks so much for your company. Uh, we will be back in the next couple of weeks with the next round of instant reactions when the Springboks and Harry Jones arrive on these shores to take on Australia. Bye.